<laughs> well, let's dive right in, shall we? So I'm preaching today on the root of worship. Worship is one of the major roots in the life of a believer. When I talk about worship, I'm not talking about being together in this room and singing, which that is a part of worship that is near and dear to my heart, obviously. But I am speaking about something different. You may be asking, why would I want to learn other ways to worship? I like singing. But we are literally created to worship him. In 1 Chronicles 16, 23 through 31, the Bible says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the, Lord's made the, the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him, strength and joy in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established and cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, and say this with me, the Lord reigns. When we truly practice the act of worshiping God, we become more like God. We often become like the objects of our worship. And there aren't many people who exhibited this more than my grandpa a long, 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 long time ago, <laughs> my grandpa was a farmer, and he uh, also, all of the farmers around where he worked kept all of their grains in a grain silo, commercial grain silo. And he was at the grain silo one day when a fire broke out in this grain silo. So they formed a bucket brigade and passed buckets up the ladder to my grandpa, who was at the very top. And poured on the fire until it was out. Just to make sure that it was out, he asked them to send up one more bucket. And in that fateful moment, he went to throw the bucket. And he slipped and fell 30 feet down onto a concrete slab at the bottom of the silo. And that could have been the end of my grandpa. But God had other plans for him. Because while he was recovering for the nine months that he was recovering from this injury, he was a bored young man, as any young man would be if he's on bed rest for nine months. So he asked his mother, hey, I'm bored. Can you please give me something to do? So she gave him a Bible and said, read this. So he started in Genesis and read until he got to what we call the begats, which is a pretty boring passage of scripture about who beget, who beget, who beget, who beget, who, and so on and so forth. And he goes, Mom, this is so boring. <laughs> Please help me. So she said, start in the New Testament, in Matthew. So he started in the New Testament until he got to the big ass again. And then she pointed him to John. And when he read John, he got to that fateful verse, verse that most of us know, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And in that powerful moment, something changed in my grandpa's heart. The love and sacrifice of Jesus is expressed in those words. Resonated with him on a deep level, and he made the decision to follow Jesus. And as he embraced Jesus, he made him the center of his life for the rest of his life. He preached the word of God in many churches throughout his entire life. And he retired a few years ago, but now he's back at church preaching because he just can't keep away. People tend to resemble what they worship most. If you worship the human body, you become lustful. If you worship knowledge, you become prideful. And if you worship God, you become godful or godly. We don't need to be told to worship, though. It's in our nature to do so as humans. We will always worship something or someone. Even those who seek to live a life without God worship self. We just need to be taught who to worship. This isn't something we know by nature. This is why God on many occasions teaches us to worship him in his scripture. He raised men up and instructed them to write down the instructions for worship. So, what is worship? Now before we go on to this next point, I will be sharing some Greek words for some context. Don't worry, I'm not trying to start a toga party or anything, but... You know, if someone wants to bring some togas next Sunday, I won't stop you, because that sounds like a blast. <laughs> First, there is what most people would think of when they think of worship. Gathering together in a building with other believers, engaging in worship through singing. This is known in the Greek as aposunagoge, a Christian meeting for the purpose of worship. This is the word used in Hebrews 10.25. Not forsaking, apasunagoge, the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. But the fact that you're gathering together does not mean you're worshiping. The second Greek word for worship is apikalomahi. And that's calling to God in prayer for aid, or in a testimony, or for a decision. This is the word used in Romans 10.13. For whosoever, apikilaomome, calls upon, the name of the Lord shall be saved. God included these forms of worship to be part of your spiritual root system. Imagine your spiritual life as a magnificent tree, deeply rooted in the fertile soil of your faith. Just as the tree draws nourishment from its diverse root system, God has intricately woven various forms of worship into your spiritual foundation. And each form represents a unique source of sustenance and growth, like different nutrients that contribute to your overall spiritual well-being. The same way that faith and tithing are non-negotiable roots in your spiritual system, worship must likewise be a non-negotiable part of your root system. Why? Well, because on top of what I've mentioned before, worship is a necessary root in our lives because it's a root of healing. Just as medicine is effective at curing physical sickness, worship will heal spiritual sickness. 
There is another word in scripture used to describe worship that is quite clear and a little different on the impact of the worship in your spiritual health. It's the Greek word, therapilo, to relieve, cure, and heal worship. In Acts 17.25, the Bible says this, Neither therapilo is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. This is where we get the English word for therapy. And what this verse is saying is God doesn't need our worship, but he gave us the act of worship as a means of healing. So why does God command us to worship? He wants to restore you back to health. He wants to cure you. He wants to heal you. And as you begin to worship, God begins to heal, cure, and relieve your diseases. Not just physical healing, but emotional, spiritual, mental. God tells us in the Bible that worshiping him can lead to healing physically and spiritually. In Psalms 103, 2 through 3, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. This verse acknowledges that God is the ultimate healer who has the power to heal. And additionally, in James 5, 13 through 15, it encourages believers to pray and sing praises to God when they are suffering or in need of healing. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. So how do we do this? Through my life as a follower of Jesus, I have had to worship through some tough emotional pain. And one example of this is when I was 19 years old. I was spending the night at my grandma and grandpa's house, Nana and Poppy. And I was up too late on Facebook Messenger talking to my friends. 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And I got a message from my friend Payne Helmers. And that message said, man, Corinne is dead. Corinne is a young lady that I and all of my friends at the homeschool co-op that I grew up in were very close to. She was a very godly woman and um, she was a dancer at Cincinnati Conservatory of Music and getting this news, I was just completely crushed. My first instinct was to lash out at God and ask, ask him how he could let a woman as young as her who had loving parents, three adorable sisters, and a lot going for her, die just like that at 19 years old. But my faith prevailed, even though I was angry at God and really couldn't understand why he would allow something like that to happen to one of my dearest friends. I just had to trust him. I worshiped God. I sang to him. I prayed for him to please give me some answers to why he would allow this to happen to her. And in the midst of my worship and working through all of this pain with God, he gave me, his parents, her parents, her sisters, her friends, an answer. And you don't always get an answer when you ask God for an answer. But 
In this case, Corinne's autopsy came back and she had a, died of a heart defect that she had no clue she, that she had and it had been exacerbated by her dancing, which she loved to do. But through that, they were able to find out that her sisters also had that heart defect and they were able to do what they could to help them live a normal life and not die young. A supernatural strength came over me when I heard that. I felt sane again, I felt whole again, and I felt healed again. But it didn't happen all at once. There was a lot of healing and growing that had to happen. And I still heal and grow from just that and many other things in my life to this day. But God has that base covered too, because in Psalms 35, he says, Weeping may endure through the night, but joy will come in the morning. <laughs> so all of that is a long way to say worship is an essential root of a believer. When we worship, we become more aware of God's presence and his healing power. Worship is like, like a therapy that relieves and heals our spiritual, emotional, and mental ailments. God commands us to worship because he desires to restore and heal us. Through worship, we can experience God's healing touch in our lives. And even in the midst of pain and sorrow, Worship can bring supernatural strength and peace. By pouring out our hearts to God, we open ourselves to his comfort and guidance. As we seek him in worship, he can provide answers, understanding, and a sense of wholeness. As you embrace worship as a non-negotiable part of your spiritual root system, please allow God's healing and restoring power to work in your life. Trust him to bring joy in the morning and even in the midst of weeping. Thank you very much.